Gather round, one and all, and listen to tales of excitement and adventure. Tales of daring heroes, savage monsters, and bards who just couldn't keep it in their pants. Tales of friendship, nobility, drunken foolishness, and unforgettable fun. These are tales of role-playing games, fair listeners, and this is Rollin' Bones. My name is Ryan Howard, and I shall be your guide. Good evening, Boneheads, and welcome to Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews. My name is Ryan Howard, I am your host and king of the Boneheads, and joining me this evening, returning to Rollin' Bones once again, uh, you know him, you love him, or possibly you hate him, he is one of the craziest guys in the world of OSR, the creator of the bizarre world of Chult. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Venger Satanis. Venger, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a very specific topic that we're going to be discussing this evening. Uh, but before we get into that, of course, uh, last time we spoke... Uh, you had just, I believe, wrapped up the Kickstarter campaign for Chult Fuchsia Malays, and now that is uh, widely available. Is that is that correct? Yep. The PDF has been out for quite some time, and uh, about a month ago, I got the the hardcovers. Um, I, you know, went out and splurged for the premium, uh, like Smithsonian professionally printed books. Uh, they're all hardcover and full color. Um, there's a thousand of them. And um, yeah, I'm just selling them off my website, or my blog, rather, Benger Satanus's old school gaming blog. Um, so yeah, I sign them, number them, personalize them, and then, you know, ship them out to you. So uh, I've got uh, all the Kickstarter backers out now. So now I'm just selling to the general gaming populace. Absolutely. And if it's anything like the first one, uh, you guys are in for some craziness uh, because that that first game, I still, I still have not found another adventure that was quite like that. And I do mean that as a compliment. That's not me trying to like sneakily say your game's terrible or anything <laughs> like that. Just the, the sheer amount of stuff that you threw in there and references upon references that you layered in there there's there's truly something for everyone in the world of chult yeah it's uh yeah it's pretty crazy pretty insane uh one reviewer um said it was he compared it the the campaign setting or the book itself um or maybe the black pyramid uh to nicholas cage like and maybe it's the Nicolas Cage of uh, campaign settings, something like that. So I took that also as a compliment, um, because yeah, it's it's out there. It's weird. It's not like your standard corporate D and D that you're going to get from Hasbro, Hasbro, and um, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, it's very personalized and eccentric and Gonzo, totally Gonzo. Um, hmm. Science fantasy, if you like ray guns and laser swords with your magic missiles and and uh, magic swords then yeah it's that's what you get absolutely so, science fantasy is one of those very interesting uh genres that does not get played with very often i personally i blame Disney for it because last time someone tried it was John Carter mm. and even though that movie is fine from what I've heard I actually haven't seen it the way I haven't they, seen it either. Yeah, the, the way they crapped on that movie and and the way that they yeah. 
just kind of refuse to market it, and then they're just like, no, oh, no one cares about science fantasy. I'm like, I care. Let's. Right. It's just like uh, like sword and sorcery too. Yeah. Uh, they remade Conan, but not as good, and then it kind of failed or flopped at the box office. And they're like, yeah, nobody cares about sword and sorcery, I guess. It's like, no, people do. I mean, that's why you made a dozen movies in the 80s. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if you don't do it correctly, I guess, um, it doesn't hit home, and then um, Hollywood stops uh, stops making it. So. Do, do you follow Midnight's Edge on YouTube at all? I uh, don't think so. They, they did a whole, uh, they, they did an interview with the, uh, I think he's the CEO of, uh, I think Cottage is the name of the company, basically the Robert E. Howard estate, the people who okay. hold the uh, the copyrights for, you know, film and television and all that. They did yeah. an interview with him about just that, that weird middle period of the history of Conan on the big screen and it's a fascinating story about all the different ways uh, they were trying to get Arnold back, and uh, they were trying to get the director of the, the you know the first movie back, and there were some disagreements there, and ultimately Universal just didn't want to do it anymore, and so they did the the Jason Momoa thing with a slashed budget, and there's a whole bunch of weirdness going on behind the scenes that really just made that movie not as good as it could have been as it should have been as a Conan fan myself. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is about the movie because it it seems fine, good even. <laughs> but then afterwards, you're just like, eh, whatever, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's just, there just wasn't anything in it that really drew you in like the original Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Conan. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, that was missing or that was included and shouldn't have been, but it just, yeah, it just wasn't that successful. Yeah. Now there is Netflix. Netflix has come a knocking and put that paycheck down on their desk and said, we are going to make a Conan series. And I am quite frankly, a little bit terrified uh, because, and this is a, as good a segue as we're going to get here into the, main topic of uh, today's show, there is a strain, a sickness, a weirdness, a whatever you want to call it, that has been swirling around entertainment and escapism for damn near 20 years now, probably actually a full 20 years at this point, and maybe even further back than that. Uh, I was born in the 90s, so I can't speak on what was happening then. Um, you've heard different names for it, different words for it. Uh, progressivism, wokeism, social justice, uh, whatever you want to call it. It has made its way into all forms of media, into science fiction, fiction and fantasy novels, comics, video games, and it's made its way into RPGs as well. And the reason we're talking about this, uh, and the reason I wanted to talk about this, the reason I brought Venger on to talk about this, this ideology, belief system, whatever you want to call it, is lethal to hobbies. It is lethal to the places in which it sinks its teeth in. We're seeing the comic book industry be absolutely shredded by it in a year where they really could not afford to upset as many of their customers as they continue to upset. Uh, we've seen what it has done to beloved franchises like Star Wars, uh, we've seen the ways in which it's poisoned many wells and made a lot of people very upset. And it is here, it's very present in RPGs, and Venger and I are here to discuss why it's here, 
what to do about it and why we think this is going to ultimately end up being a problem for RPGs if we don't course correct here and learn from the mistakes of others. So that was a lot of me talking. Uh, Venger, what are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, you know, what, what's your opinion here? Where do you kind of come at this from? Oh, geez. Um, yeah, okay. So I think you're right about it being lethal. Um, and I think it just comes down to those people, the people with that kind of agenda, philosophy, they care more about being woke than they do about whatever it is, whatever hobby they're infesting at the time. Um, so they care more about I don't know, diversity, representation, or political correctness in like a Superman comic, just for instance, than the super Superman comic or the characters or anything else itself. Mm -hmm. And if you take two seconds to think about that, creatively, that's just disastrous. Mm -hmm. um, I'm uh, significantly older than you, I guess. Uh, I was born in uh, born in 1974, so same year as um, Dungeons and Dragons. And it really wasn't until, I mean, there was something called political correctness, like in the 90s, but it didn't really metastasize until, I don't know, um, maybe the mid-2000s or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say like 2005. So I'd say it's been around for like 15 years, slowly growing and maturing and getting worse, I guess. But in the last five or six years, it's just been like really hit home. And you can see it everywhere at role-playing games, uh, almost to the point where a lot of people are so fed up, they're ready to either unplug and just like completely do their gaming offline uh like in the real world or they're fighting back which is you know something that i do all the time um or uh or maybe they just they're just fed up and they just give the hobby up altogether um hopefully that doesn't happen but i know some people have you know they've quit their blogs or their youtube channels um they've just kind of gone into hiding because they're just sick of the climate, um, the ultra progressive, you know, radical leftist kind of thing, um, mm -hmm. which, which you know, goes into the whole, you know, politics, which is so tiresome. I think everybody, including myself, uh, is just so sick of politics right now. Yeah, um, that's the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, but I do want to talk about this, this topic and get more into it. Mm -hmm. But just generally speaking it feels like it's become really political and that's, that's a separate, but kind of linked fight that I've been engaged with, um, I don't know, the last two, three, four years. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, so, so I saw some of this, um, uh, 2018 early 2000 or you know 2019 as i was getting more and more involved in the rpg world and starting to do stuff like this um because honestly you know i i have not been a part of the rpg community for very long i started playing in college uh i was 19 when i started playing so it's it's only been about six years uh, that I've been playing this game. So I was not aware of kind of what was before 5th edition. I've had to go back and, and look at all this stuff and, and kind of absorb history that way, as history, not as a player playing games. Right. But one thing that I noticed, it, it was starting to come about, and there's always going to be... One great thing about this hobby is... It is, by its very nature, small. It is a cottage industry, RPGs, and there's really no way to make it any bigger than what it is currently. Um, 
So there's always going to be people who, you know, have these ideas that they want to play around with in RPG form. And a lot of the people who kind of, you know, purvey that that wokeness were making their games and putting them on Kickstarter. I talked about this on uh, Gamertarians uh, months ago. But, you know, they put their game out on Kickstarter. Their hundred or so friends buy it and maybe a few more people buy it after that. And, you know, they, they play the game. They, they do their thing. They've got a booth at whatever convention. And that's their thing. And then you've got, you know, the OSR thing over here. And you've got people who are still doing D20 stuff over here. Mm-hmm. And everyone's able to kind of, you know, be in their little spheres, play at their individual tables, and do just whatever they want, because that's why we play this game. It's be- It's more freeing than a video game or anything like that, because ultimately, you at the table make the rules. The, the GM and the players decide what goes on in the game, and no amount of anything can really take that away, which is a positive about all of this. But then, right around this year, with a lot of the climate that happened, a lot of the craziness that was 2020, and now that we're in 2021 and it all has stayed with us, it, it seems like it's just one giant year, uh, but in 2020, there were multiple things that happened one right after the other within the world of RPGs that told me it's not just these people over who play this game or that game who are doing this. They're doing it at Paizo. They're doing this at Wizards of the Coast. They're doing it at Games Workshop. It's become mainstream wokeness has you know locked its claws on the big three of tabletop gaming so it's here and now we have to deal with it we should have dealt with it before but you know now now we have to deal with it Mm -hmm. because it's in the games that we love it's in our D &D, it's in our pathfinder it's in our warhammer 40k and one of the things that i wanted to just speak about specifically i'm we talk exclusively about tabletop RPGs here, and bringing in a war game is a little bit weird, but one of the biggest moments of this realization was the Warhammer is for Everyone event. And I just want to read this again. This has been talked to death, but I want to read this again because it demonstrates... One, the 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 presentation, the the prestige, the the misdirection of this uh, ideology, and the reaction to it demonstrates why what the artifice is artifice. It's not genuine. It's a smokescreen. So, Games Workshop puts out this post right after the uh, the the riots uh, in June. And it says, Warhammer is for everyone. One of the great powers of our hobby is its ability to bring people together in common cause to build bonds and friendships that cross divides. We believe in and support a community united by shared values of mutual kindness and respect. So far, so everything you've ever known about gaming with a group of people. That's... Yeah. I was going to say, up to that point, yeah. uh, you know, it sounds pretty good. That's just what Seth Skorkowski calls the RPG social contract. It's, you know, that, that's that. We all know that. Our fantasy settings are grim and dark, but that is not a reflection of who we are or how we feel the real world should be. Uh, obviously, again. We will never accept nor condone any form of prejudice, hatred, or abuse in our company or in the Warhammer hobby. We will continue to diversify the cast of characters we portray through miniatures, art, and storytelling so everyone can find representation and heroes they can relate to. If you feel the same way wherever and whoever you are, we're glad you are part of the Warhammer community. If not, and this is this is the kicker, this sentence here I feel undermines all the goodwill of this statement and Mm -hmm. highlights the insidiousness of what they're actually talking about here. If not, and I quote, you will not be missed. 
So, when, again, I've been talking for a long time. Venger, what does that statement say to you? What What is your extrapolation of that paragraph or series of paragraphs as a whole with that particular ending? If I was to boil it down, I'd say it's like fall in line or get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of good, decent, just ordinary, regular folks, um, they're perfectly fine with the rest of the stuff, even though there's maybe one or two things we could quibble about. Mm-hmm. Um, they're already like doing that or, or would do that, but just being told what to do, it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me how to think, how to behave, how to play your game, our game. Um, don't invade, you know, our mental space or our social circles or try to be the arbiter of cultural morality. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, just don't do it. Um, being anti-authoritarian myself, I don't like it. Um, I have a mother. Uh, I don't, and a wife. Uh, I don't need to be told, you know, how to play on the playground or how to treat people uh, at the game table. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's tacky. It's insulting. Um, and it's kind of offensive because uh, basically this game company is like, you know, act like we want you to act or else don't bother coming around, buying our products, playing our game, like literally get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not what a gaming company should be doing. Um, that's not the way to win friends and influence people. It's just... It's just bad business um, yeah. and bad for gaming. And I've seen that. I saw it, I don't know, months ago, whenever it came out and heard people discussing it. We probably discussed it a little bit on the Inappropriate Characters um, show that I do with RPG Pundit and um, Joe Bittman. Mm-hmm. Um, informally, uh, Grim, Jim, Desboro. But, um, and I don't know what happened to their sales. Maybe you can enlighten me on that. I don't know if it was the get woke, go broke uh, thing in effect, or if their sales weren't really touched, or if it's too early to tell. So maybe you could fill me in on that if, if you have any information. So from, from what I've seen, uh, just from the products they've been putting out, it doesn't seem to me like they made any major changes. And as I was preparing for this episode, I'm, I'm not kind of in the Warhammer community. Uh, right. I used to be, but that was, I was in, I was 13 when I played Warhammer. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what I saw was there was a big kind of outcry from their fan group saying, this isn't, th- we already knew that Warhammer was for everyone, and now basically what you're saying is Warhammer is for everyone but you. If you don't fall in line, like you said, and also as, you know, I, I'm also anti-authoritarian, I'm an anarchist, that strikes a kind of a sour note for me as well. And the the other thing that I really don't like are you know using of the the charged terms like bigotry because these terms have meaning but the way in which they're thrown around by people uh online in the media uh you know by by just every type of person from every different you know place that you see them the way these words are thrown around mm-hmm. they encompass so wide a spectrum that the term bigot basically means person I don't agree with now. Right. They literally changed uh, the definition of racism. Like in real time, 
not too long, like just a few months ago. It was in 2020. Yeah. Um, like you look up the definition of racism and one day, the day before, it was one thing. Mm-hmm. And then the day after they changed it, now racism, you know, kind of means something completely different or encompasses extra stuff that um, shouldn't be in the definition that, that changes its meaning enough where it, you know, literally upends what the word means and how people view it. And, and that has so many ramifications going forward. You know, it allows people to just be like, wow, that's racist. And he's racist and she's racist. This whole thing is systemically racist. So just burn it all down. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're enabling all that, uh, which isn't, which isn't good. Um, so yeah, but yeah, but and not just racism, but yeah, bigotry and whatever else was in that penultimate sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so many things can be twisted around and have been uh, that they've linguistically wiggled their way into either taking people down or you know censoring people or products. And yeah, it's the wokeism. It's worming its way through our hobby. And, you know, we've got to protect ourselves somehow or else it's just going to be taken down the tubes, just like comic books. Mm-hmm. Who knows what else? Yep. And I, you, you use the term burn it all down. And I want to get back to that because that's that's another aspect of this that I want to talk about. Um but when you when you broaden these terms and then you use these terms that have been so broadened and then you say at the very end if if you meet the qualifications that we here at Games Workshop or we here at Wizards we'll we'll stick with Games Workshop because they actually wrote it uh, you know if if you fit within this what we at Games Workshop view as these particular terms. We don't want you here anymore, even, you know, no matter how long you've been playing, how much money you've sunk into the hobby, how loyal you've been to the company, you know, how much you have supported what Games Workshop has been doing for the past 40 years. Mm -hmm. If you don't agree with us, there's the door. And I don't blame anyone who, at that moment, just, like, threw their space marines in the fire or, uh, you know, ripped up their codex or, you know, did whatever uh, just based on that that statement alone that, you know, no matter how supportive you've been of us, if you fall into these boxes these arbitrary boxes that are ever-shifting, ever-growing, ever-expanding, if we think that you fall in here, uh, we don't view you as a valued member of our community. Where reality, uh, Games Workshop's a business, the valued members of their community should be people with money. And ultimately, if you keep alienating people who spend a lot of money... Warhammer is an expensive hobby. If you get rid of the people with the disposable income who, you know, have loved your games and played them forever, at some point you're going to find yourself without a Warhammer community. Right. Yeah. In a lot of these circles, um, it's the people who, you know, are forcing this woke agenda on everybody that are the true racists. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like, like let's say one of these companies is targeting um, people that they think just by existing, they're harassing or threatening people of color or something like that. But um, let's say there was a person of color um, that was you know, complaining about, you know, white people doing this or doing that. Um, A lot of times that's deemed uh, acceptable or even encouraged. Um, 
but just the fact that you're calling someone out and insulting or demeaning them because of their race, that's racist. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, they don't see it like that. Um, they see it as, and that's the whole thing with the changing of the racism. I mean, for people that don't know, if, um, if there's some sort of unequal power dynamic um, involved, um, then that could be called racist. Um, so just because, you know, if I have a uh, comfortable middle-class income uh, and I'm arguing with someone that um, maybe isn't as financially successful, um, even if they're much younger and don't have the experience, um, then that's, you know, racist. And the burden, the burden is now on me to mm-hmm. provide, in, um, provide information or uh, provide proof that I'm not racist. Um, and that kind of thing, I mean, that's, you can see what a slippery slope that is. Uh, I can get nasty real quick. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody wants that. Uh, but, you know, it's coming in through the front door, so <laughs> be aware. But even that uh, that new definition does not hold consistently. Um, right. Because let's say, you know, you know take myself. I, I don't make a whole lot of money. I am uh, 25 years old. I make about $35,000 a year in, in my current job. Uh, if I were to criticize... Let's like a, say like a celebrity or, yeah. or someone that's this is very wealthy. Um, yeah. If if I were to if I were to criticize Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama, even though he is way wealthier than I am, he's been the president of the United States, arguably the most powerful man in the world. My criticisms of him can still be construed as racist, even though there is an unequal power balance between himself and me. Right. And that's another part of the problem with this particular strain of thinking that, you know, finds itself in RPGs. The rules are not the same for every person in every situation day to day. They are in constant flux. It's I, I once heard someone say about Catholicism one person's good Catholic is another man's heretic. And that's exactly what this is. One day you could be completely in the good graces of, uh, you know, the, the, the woke uh, crowd. And then the next day they completely flip on you. Joss Whedon is a great example of this. Yeah. Uh, Joss Whedon has, has now been uh, canceled because... Of various reasons, uh, mostly just around him being a massive tool, which I think we've all known for quite some time. But still, one one minute you're the savior, the next minute you're the sinner. And that kind of upheaval causes a lot of people a lot of problems, especially when it comes to creators that, that people are talking with. Um creators you know such as yourself who you know interact with people online how do people treat quote-unquote apostate creators or quote-unquote uh heretics to this ideology who are active in this rpg world what what is your experience with that ben like venger um just yes i think it was yesterday it was either yesterday or the day before with a to be honest with you, with the the lockdown and everything that comes with that, the pandemic, um, I really forget like where I am, who I am, what day of the week <laughs> it is. Uh, but anyway, it was yeah, it was in a, a day or two ago, and I was checking out the drive through RPG listing for Chalt, and someone had written down in the discussion. Um, that Chult was in their um, their shopping cart or whatever on drive through RPG, but now they're not interested because they came to the realization that I support uh, domestic terrorism. 
or something like that. So, you know, obviously they found something, um, which I don't hide. I mean, I put it on my blog, on Twitter, Facebook, all over the place that I'm kind of a, you know, I'll try to sum it up like a middle of the road, moderate centrist, kind of an old school liberal, but especially now I'm getting older, I'm 46. I do have a lot of conservative, um, you know, possibly Republican or Republican libertarian, like in that area, um, beliefs. And just for that, um, you know, people want to trash me and my products. Uh, sometimes they want to come right out and lie about me. Um, uh, like that, like, you know, obviously, I mean, back when I was running the Cult of Cthulhu uh, on a daily basis, um, that was one of the things, terrorism was one of the things that I was always 100% against. Um, I would tell the other cultists, you know, followers and, and things like that, that that's just something that I was not going to entertain or condone. I mean, that's right up there with child abuse uh, for me. That's like, you know, I like, I like it when people make their own decisions and live their own lives and create their own belief system and values. But that's just something I can't ever get behind um, or even condone or, or turn a blind eye to, you know, if I heard about some cultists or heard about anybody um, abusing children or planning a terrorist attack or something like that, you know, I would immediately go to the authorities for that. I, that's hundred percent not okay. Hmm. Um, but yeah, other people, you know, people on the left generally, We'll throw that around uh, like it was nothing. Um, I remember a year or two ago, there was articles or blog posts or, or something written about white male terrorists um, that have either taken over gaming or had been there the whole time. And now, I don't know, the woke people were like taking back gaming from us the white male terrorists, straight white male, male terrorists or something like that. I mean, that's just an ugly thing to say. But yeah, people like that, you know, that was just the other day that, um, so I, I emailed DriveThruRPG and I said, you know, this is not only untrue, but offensive and has obviously nothing to do with gaming. Um, please remove that. Um, and they did. I was gonna, you know, um, post a response. But then my wife was like, you know what? <laughs> That could also get you into trouble and then people could pile on and, and I don't know, see that you're defensive or something like that and then like keep needling you and maybe just nuke it from orbit and be done with it. Um, and so that's what I did. I, and then they, they removed it, which is good. Um, so things like that, you know, back with Alpha Blue when that was um, called out and that was removed from the virtual shelves of RPG. Um, or drive through RPG for a couple of days, but then that was a misunderstanding, um, and they put it back on. Um, so little things like that, you know, people come at me all the time. I know they come at um, uh, RPG pundit all the time. So if you're outspoken about your beliefs and you don't fall in line with that crowd, um, then yeah, you can be ostracized. Um, scolded, canceled, and it's terrible. Um, we shouldn't let that happen to people in our community, our hobby, industry. Um, yeah, that's it. Gotcha. Yeah, now we've we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, s some of what they come at people with, you know, what what these symptoms look like. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about as far as this goes, before we get into, you know, what, what there is to do about this. Um, earlier you mentioned that people will come in and try to burn it all down. And that's, this is ultimately the crux of why I think this is a problem. What you can see in examples of the comic book industry of Hollywood, 
Star Wars, uh, gaming, the people who are coming into these hobbies with this on their minds, you know, with this agenda first, rather than wanting to just tell the stories they want to tell and, you know, make the characters they want to make, the people who, you know, want this to be their evangelism, basically, they aren't creating. They aren't just, or they they really aren't even mostly creating their own stuff. What they're doing in a lot of these cases is glomming on to the big names, the, you know, the DC heroes, the Marvel heroes, Star Wars, I've said several times already, they're taking these big names and they, they use this terrible, awful word that I always know means it's going to suck, deconstruct it. Ostensibly, they want to deconstruct it to, quote-unquote, rebuild it better, I never see much in the way of rebuilding. I just see them deconstruct these things that are toxic or whatever word they want to throw around. The word seems to change on a daily basis, like all their words. But they don't ever build something in its place. They don't build something next to it. They don't, you know, say, here is my character they say, I want to take your character and I want to destroy them because they are the antithesis of what I want. Right. Yeah, they destroy. Yeah. They don't create. And that's obviously a problem in a creative field mm-hmm. uh, like comics and role-playing games. If you're only interested in destruction, uh, not creation, then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's you're doing it wrong. And, and guys like you, guys like me, uh, people who get into this hobby for the right reasons, you know, to, to create things that people enjoy, to, you know, bring joy to people, to, to build worlds, that's, that's our goal. We, we just want people to enjoy themselves for three hours. We want to build something collaboratively that people enjoy. And when you let someone in who wants to tear down when you let people in who want to make movies that tear down that make comics that tear down video games that tear down ultimately they tear the whole industry down around them uh the comic book industry is crashing uh every time now they make one of those female reboots or a super woke reboot of a beloved franchise have you noticed that those movies don't do very well have you noticed that even you know, your, your big-ticket Marvel movies. Now, this year is kind of a, an anomaly as far as, you know, movie theaters being closed. But these movies aren't doing well. The shows that they do this in, Star Trek Discovery, not doing terribly well. Doctor Who, which uh, Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker have basically uh, cut the head off of and dissected and just, you know, shown everyone the vivisected corpse of Doctor Who and been like, this is the show now. It's gotten the lowest ratings it's ever had because of what they've done. Because all they do is destroy. If they were creating, and there are people out there who are creating, who, you know, maybe I don't agree with ideologically. If if that's you, then more power to you because you're building something. You are creating something designed to bring joy to people. Right. If that's your goal... Oh, sorry. Do you have something to add? I was just going to say that Sometimes I, I think they feel like giving a sermon or a lecture, mm-hmm. like lecturing us, the audience, on how we should be, how we should be better than we actually are, how society or culture or gaming or whatever should be better or more virtuous or noble or, or whatever. Um, I think that maybe they think that is an aspect of creation. Um, you know, just trying to like heavy handedly teach us through their little story or whatever, mm-hmm. deconstructed story, probably, that uh, we're doing it wrong because of, you know, XYZ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's not really creation and that's not really a story. It's not a story that people want to engage with or listen to or watch. Um, mm-hmm. 
that's but they think that it is they think like oh well if i just use this half half story to remind people that they suck um and that they should be better people then you know i fulfill my woke agenda i pat myself on the back and then that fulfills the lowest common denominator of a story for whatever i'm creating mm-hmm. uh and then my job is done and then i go and collect a paycheck or whatever and i'm off on twitter like you know blasting people for not using the right pronoun or, or whatever um but that's you know obviously giving a sermon that's not the same thing as creating that's not you know what we do um that's not what dungeon masters do or screenplay writers or, or whatever hmm. yeah there there is no joy to be found in hectoring and wagging your finger at people saying you know you you have you've sinned you've done wrong um you you didn't follow the rules that we put forth when all media and all of these stories focus in on you are terrible you are awful that's when people shut off and that's when people leave and if 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 you're trying to tell people to quote unquote be better with your game then you're basically writing a chick tract as a game. You you are no better than the people who made mazes and monsters. You there, there's Sorry, no Tom Hanks. <laughs> there, there's no artistic merit in what you're doing because all you're doing is just telling people that they're terrible. You're you're barely even offering them a way forward because even with the you know examples that they put forward of you know this is what you should be doing those people never seem happy whenever you whenever you see something like this you know the 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 characters who are supposed to be the righteous ones always just seem miserable and angry and there there's nothing aspirational about their stories about their characters and honestly like Maybe maybe this is me giving them a, a a play that I shouldn't be giving them, but you know if you want people to to listen to uh, what you have to say and maybe see your your self insert characters that are supposed to be the righteous ones uh, as a viable option for their lives, maybe you should try making your characters happier and more uh, more uh, well adjusted than they typically end up being. And, uh, yeah, honestly, if, if that's what you're here for, to tell people that they're doing things wrong, then that's who doesn't belong. That's who gaming is not for. Gaming is for people who want to have fun and who want to have fun with other people and want to create and want to build. Not people who want to tear other people down, people who want to work together to build people up. That's what rpgs are it is a it's a team exercise uh it's a team sport and if you just want to bring people down then you then you don't have a place at my table if you just want to tell people how terrible they are i am not going to let you at my table and i don't think anyone should let you at their table if all you're going to do is lecture and whinge at people and just say, you awful people don't think about things the way that I do. You don't like what I do. And if you don't like, you know, if I don't like what you're doing, then it's it's bad and no one should enjoy it. Right. And, it, and if, I agree. But if a, a group of people that have that same mindset want to game with each other mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, bring each other down with, the who's more woke circle jerk. Yeah. Um, you know, none of my business, but then don't bring that and try to like rewrite D and D or, mm-hmm. you know, what games workshop or Pathfinder. Well, I don't give a shit about Pathfinder to be honest with you. Cause mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I wouldn't touch Pathfinder with a 10 foot pole. Um, just cause that's complete opposite. Yeah. 
gaming style for me. Um, the one with like D and D fourth edition. Um, I just don't like that stuff, but, um, but you know, if you want to do that at your own gaming table, fine, but yeah, don't introduce it and enforce it down everybody else's throat that aren't like you. Um, cause then you're just trying to like dominate and make everything that you like, like the law mm-hmm. and you're infringing on everybody else's gaming fun and then yeah it just kind of ruins it for a lot of people and that you know the pushback has started and it's coming i hope it like snowballs and then it pushes all those people you know back to the fringes um or they're not you know they don't have a death grip on the heart of gaming culture um like they kind of do now or are starting to so we need to push those people back <laughs> to um to where they came from and uh, the fringes and uh, free gaming from yeah. from the shackles that they're trying to put on it yeah and and one thing that i want to say real quick um just as we're you know kind of getting towards the end of our time here um I have a great group right now and I, you know, I know some of you guys listen to the show and I know some of what I said here, you might not agree with because, you know, we're a, we're a group of people who don't all agree with each other. I'm especially, uh, an outlier as far as, you know, what I believe politically and, and also what I believe religiously, uh, within, within my own group. But if you guys have listened this far, I just want to say, uh, when we come together, when we sit at the table or, you know, recently when we've been sitting at our computers, we make good games together. We put aside our differences and we tell a great story and have fun with each other. And... You know, maybe there's pieces of my ideology that, you know, inevitably find their way into my game. Maybe there's pieces of yours that find their way into your game. At the end of the day, that's not what I care about, and that's not what I see at the table. What I see at the table is a bunch of people having fun. So I just wanted to thank my group for giving me that. Even though we all, you know, kind of fall in, in different places and, you know, come from different worlds... We come together and we play games, and that's that's what it's all about. We're 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 making fun and making memories at our tables, and that's if that's if if there's one thing I want to take away from this episode, it's that RPGs are about building and building fun, and anyone who doesn't want to do that can get bent. You can leave. Yeah, well said. All right, so I hope you guys stayed with us for uh, this whole thing. Um, I imagine this could end up being controversial for a few people. Again, just because of where everyone kind of falls and, and the way things have been politicized. But ultimately, you know, I, I hope that you guys heard us out. And I hope that you gave us a fair shake, even if you know... Uh, you know, just by the title of of this episode, that you're probably not going to like what we have to say about certain things. Uh, but I hope you guys gave us a fair chance, and I hope that you take a little bit of what we said away uh, from from this and bring it to your table. So uh, as we're kind of reaching the end of your time here, Venger, uh, once again, I just want to give you some uh, some time to to plug your stuff, uh, talk about your blog. Uh, talk about Fuchsia Malays again and just, uh, you know, remind everyone uh, if, if they want some Venture Satanus, where can they find it? Okay, yeah. Um, my blog uh, is just Blogger Venture's old school gaming blog. Uh, just Google it. It's like the first one that comes up. Um, Charles is still doing awesome. Um, the PDF is selling like hotcakes and the PDF of um, Schultz, Pichamalays as well. I got a picture of the book. 
here. Um, it's eldritch, gonzo, science fantasy, post-apocalyptic, you know, campaign setting. And um, I personally don't like setting books that just drone on about the lore and the world, mention a whole bunch of different places and never get to the meat, uh, the meat and potatoes of the setting, like the gameable stuff. So that's why I put a whole lot of, you know, it's just chock full of adventures and monsters and magic items, uh, random tables, so many random tables. It's ridiculous how many random tables I've put in, especially Fusion Malays. Um, and then the Chult, of course, the majority of that book is um, the Black Pyramid, which is a mega dungeon that's gonzo turned up to 11. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff in, in fusion ways too. Uh, all kinds of different like dungeons, smaller things. Because uh, I did such, you know, I did 111 rooms of this mega dungeon in Chalt, and I wanted to do like several smaller things in fusion ways. I did that, but there's a quite extensive um, like sci fi, like off worlder facility on the planet uh, that's refining the Zoth. Uh, which is a big deal there, uh, and, which is like a eldritch space drug. Um, it's kind of like a central theme of, of the Chult campaign setting. Um, so there's stuff like that. Uh, also includes the very brief uh, OSR hack, uh, which I call Crim Crimson Dragon Slayer. Uh, that's been my own kind of game that I've been refining along the way for like the last, I don't know, seven years maybe. Um, it's it's basically uh, an abridged version of old school D&D, but um, it's got some modern like fifth edition um, adjustments to it. So it feels very familiar. Uh, super duper <laughs> rules light. Uh, it's like D&D, but in arcade mode, um, as one of my reviewer friends, um, suggested and uh, so that's in there too it's just a good time i try to put as much content as i can um because i'm always thinking in the back of my head like what if this is the last rpg release i ever do uh, i don't want to leave anything on the table i want to put as much content and what as much valuable stuff in it as i possibly can for the reader and the dungeon master game master whatever who's going to take this up and make it their own and create different worlds, you know, for their player characters to inhabit. Um, so I think I did a pretty good job. And the production values are like off the chart, like Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, D&D, they got nothing on this. Um, this is a luxury item. Um, mm -hmm. it's, very, it's the highest quality that you can get in a, in a book, really. So, so for the, all those reasons, uh, yeah, I encourage you to get the PDF, uh, get the hardcover for me, and uh, that's it. Gotcha. Love to hear it. Love to hear people with high production value doing their own thing in this world because you know ultimately, that's what we do. That's what we do in RPGs. Yeah. We we do our own thing and we do it well. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I know this was uh, kind of a unique episode, um, but I hope that you all kind of took something from it. Stuff like this is, you know, not on the same topic, but, you know, stuff about getting in the minds of why we do what we do in RPGs. That's really what I want to do moving forward with this show. And we'll get the chance to do a lot of that next week uh, when... Joe DeSimone from the Academy of Games comes on. You heard him on Vintage RPG not too terribly long ago. He's coming on to talk about teaching game design to kids and teens and the value that, you know, skills in RPG design and RPG playing can bring both as a kid and in the workforce. So that'll be cool. Obviously, this Saturday, we're looking into some more great OSR weirdness because the Phylactery Issue 2 
is out now for backers. Uh, friend of the show, Levi Combs, does great work all the time. All of his usual Murderer's Row of collaborators are on this one, so we'll be taking a look at all those great OSR zine details from that. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. And until then, guys, uh, whether you rolled a 1 or 20, I'm so glad that you rolled your bones with me, Ryan Howard, and I'll see you next time.